in the rock and roll capital of the world, other genres emerge. These guys are capturing the sounds of our city in Signal Flow Studio, right here in Cleveland, Ohio. Today, we'll be talking with Jake, Chris, and Dante about recording music as a business and what well-known artist Signal Flow's working with today. We have Signal Flow. I'm Big Bry. Level Up Cleveland starts right now. All right, everybody. Welcome to Level Up Cleveland. And down here in the studio today, we got some guys from Signal Flow. Signal Flow is a recording studio right here in Cleveland. Uh, today down here, I got uh, president, owner, creator of Signal Flow, Jake Jekyll. Mm -hmm. And he brought with him today his vice president, Chris DeCola, and manager of Signal Flow, Dante Sprosti. Everybody, thanks for coming down here. Thanks Appreciate having you having us here. Yeah. Good to be here. It's interesting. People get to see that we really do have recording studios in Cleveland. You don't have to go to Nashville. You don't have to go to L.A. or wherever people think they have to go. You could actually get it done right here in Cleveland. Mm -hmm. That's why I have you guys here. I want people to actually see that there's there's places here to get stuff recorded if you think you can uh, do it. You guys do have kind of a, more of a specialty thing. You guys will record everything and everybody, but... Mm -hmm. You guys definitely have a lot of hip hop. Yes, a lot of hip hop, R and B, trap rap, stuff like that. Yeah, do you guys? You guys, uh, how do you go about doing that more? So, is it is it more so that you guys uh, come up with the beats and, and you create that kind of for it for um, them? We could supply the beats. A lot of the rappers that we work with bring their own beats. They have their own producers, or they like get it from YouTube or something. You know. Hold on a second. Stop. He's coming in and out. Yeah, just just gotta raise the mic up a little. Raise the mic up. Yeah, go into get, bring it up to you a little bring more. Bring it closer. Yep. Okay, cool. All right, I'm going to start somewhere here. All right, so you guys, like, specialize in a certain mm -hmm. thing more so. But a, lot, a lot of vocals. So do you guys, do you guys, um, do you find that it's hard to get people to, I mean, is there is there a huge supply of people coming to you for this? Oh, yeah. It's pretty It's pretty busy. There's a line out the door for sure. There's a lot of, everyone wants to be a rapper. <laughs> so the, the thing about this kind of thing that I think is interesting would be more so like when you're doing this kind of thing, um, you guys have a lot of people that are coming through here. Obviously, not all of them are going to be great at their craft. A lot of them think they are. And that's got to be the hardest thing to do in this whole thing is you got to be stay professional. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you're going to have that guy. It's great. And he's going to come in. He's going to blow your socks off. You know, some guys are going to be, well, you know, he's just another. But then you're going to get that. The, the beginning of American Idol. Yeah. You're going to get that guy that comes in here. Yeah, you have that. I think a big part of it is, like, <laughs> helping an artist, like, manage their expectations. You know, when you got someone who's just absolutely dynamite, you're talking, okay, how are we going to get this in front of a million people? Like, your next step once you walk out of this room has got to be X, Y, Z. you got to find people for this. When you got your first American Idol kind of guy in there, your expectation is, like, okay, let's get through this song. Let's make something that you're proud of. And then, you know, maybe we'll hit the drawing board on yeah, because yeah, that's because I think that's where the real work is, right? I mean, like, with those guys, it becomes more of a, like, that's work. When the, when the guys are really good, it almost seems like it should flow well. Everything's like, wow, this is like, like what? But when it's not going well, that's when 
you know, you got to put on the face and you got to be like, Those well, sessions are a little bit more difficult. For yeah, you. that's the toughest part about doing this whole thing. Now, do you guys find yourself also producing these or are you guys more so engineering or are you guys giving pointers and trying to pull, increase the, you know, the level of the quality of the songs along the way, like a real definitely, producer? Yeah, definitely taking on the producer, the producer role as well as mm -hmm. engineering. How do you feel like, what's the response to that? Are people responding well to your guys' production and, and, and is it? I always get a lot of response that, like, not a lot of engineers out here in Cleveland are doing that, like, going forth and doing the production as well as the audio engineering. So a lot of people love it. A lot of people like it. They they want our two cents in their music. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. Well, you, you know, it's it's funny because you think it's not always like that. You know, some guys come in here and they just think that all their ideas are, are already mapped out and perfect and don't know, you know, and you, and you know in your heart of hearts they're wrong, mm -hmm. especially when you've been around. It's hard to you know it's hard to deal with some of those kind of people I know but so you know but it's nice to hear that actually people want to be guided and through it and I you know and, and and when you think about it like some of these huge bands and I know this isn't hip hop but like a Metallica right they're like the top the top of their game kinda and then they go out and they get a guy like <clears throat> Bob Rock who's the top producer at the time and the reason you do that is because you have to give in and say I really don't know everything I need a producer I need people yeah it takes who a village know yeah. yeah. Yeah, I need people who know what the hell, you know, I, I need this certain kick, and I don't know how to get that kick. Mm -hmm. I need people that know how to make that thing sound like that, or I know how to, the the, the, the ambiances that go into it, especially the hip-hop. There's a lot of things going on in the background and all the stuff that, that flows the songs together that creates a differential from another song, because there's so many. There's so many beats, you know? How do you make your beat different? And how do you guys do about that? Do you guys have, like, a, 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 a signature sound? Something that you could say where people could go, ah, that's signal flow. There's a couple of them for sure that, that I think Jake pioneered, especially like the low pass. Uh, you, yeah, low pass using, using that is like definitely a, a staple, you know, just kind of like a filter that we'll drop the beat into. Makes it sound like it's underwater almost. Yeah, oh. that kind of thing. And we'll chop it up. I mean, if we hear like a lot of beat breaks in it, we'll we'll chop it up, slow it down, you know, stutters. do a little reversal, stutters. I like and doing the stutters. A lot of people like that too. Like, do, 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 do. Like, like vocal stutters almost, where you like chop their voice. Uh, 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 that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, I know what you mean. I hear it. You hear it. You hear it's out there. Mm -hmm. For sure. That's cool. That's cool. Um, do you guys get the, is is it, you know, how do people get in contact with you? Is it, is it and I was saying not really the contact stuff, but what, what do you find? Is it word of mouth? Is that really what it is? One guy goes out, he's like, really had a good time with these guys. These guys really did a good job. And then he tells. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, for a long time it was like that. It was just word of mouth. I mean, I don't even think I made business cards for like the first four years of Signal Flow's career. We never really made too many flyers. I've tried, but it it doesn't it never hit the same as word of mouth. Word of mouth was always our thing for sure. Yeah, it doesn't. Really, you didn't see the impact as much, really, because like I would offer something to my clients, like uh, if you bring me someone and they purchase studio time off me, you would get a free hour. So you guys are going here what ninth year now? Uh, this January eighth will be nine years. Yeah. And it started off just you, basically. Is that how it really basically started? It was there just was there was a, there was a group of us. I didn't do it by myself for sure. Angel Vasquez was there. He's still around the picture. There was a couple other guys that just aren't around anymore. Um, but it wasn't by myself, no. So you always had some help and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. As I remember, you guys, you've been you've been here at the studio, down at the studio for you were even before Signal Flow. I had rooms down here. I've been in this building for like I don't know, sixteen years or so. Right down here at Level Five yeah. building. Mm -hmm. Um. So. How long have you guys now been a part of it? When did you guys come into the picture, and how did that all kind of come about? Dante came in his senior year in high school. I, I actually, I'm trying to, I think I might have been a junior, actually. So I was, uh. What year did you graduate? Or 
2016. So like 2014 is whenever Dante came in, 2014, 2015. Oh, fairly soon then after, not not that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I was like, I want to say, like I think I was about to turn 16 when I like first came down. I was like 15 still or whatever. And, and like I had known Jake from way back. Um, he played guitar in a band called Lies and Ruin. Um, and like just through the neighborhood, like mutual friends skateboarding and stuff and and just uh, my buddy Mike Eckert brought me down here with Mike Barry. Um, he's like a really talented local artist, Trip Seven. Um, and like I started coming down back then, and and we would just kind of you know the battle rapping um, like aspect of the city seemed like it was a little bigger back then, or like people were more people were kind of like doing it the around here. Scene seemed was like pretty popular for sure. So there was like a lot of battle rappers and and so like I mean even back then you know Jake Jake and Angel were going to events and supporting like the local scene and just really like putting on and that was something that like really inspired me from like that young of an age because I always like had a love for music and stuff so I was just like man like these dudes are really trying to do it for like the heart of it you know and yeah. and that was something that from there you know it was just kind of like watching them help develop these other artists sounds and just like make them better. And, and it seems like just as time went on more and more people kind of like really came together and started helping with the vision. And right. it was just, it was crazy. Um, so did you get, do you learn all your chops down here? Did you get all your, or, or did you have some recording experience at, at 16? I mean, it seems kind of unlikely, well, but. So back then, um, I actually started, like, I was sitting in on a lot of sessions with Jake, and he was just, like, teaching me, like, how to organize the session in Logic and just kind of, like, um, I was just helping him, like, hit record here and there and stuff, and, and I think I just didn't really get into the whole, like, mixing realm of it. I just kind of, like, helped with, like, tracking at first and just from being around and stuff and um, would help with, like, a lot of shows and stuff, like, back then, like, Jake's always been in and out of bands playing guitar, still um, in a band, you know, and, and just killing it and stuff, and so, I mean, that was, like, back then, like, I was really trying to help, like, with networking and stuff, and uh, that was, like, kind of something that I always really had a vision for just trying to like bring circles of friends together and just like Dante brought in a lot of artists and a lot of clients pretty much whenever he first came in we were like trying to recruit people for a street team and street team was just like kind of just like helping us spread the word and have extra guys around the studio for like grunt work almost and he's just been along ever since and so yeah, he would say. So his due session. diligence is what's got him this far, basically. Pretty much, yeah. He's the master of networking. He's Dante, the master of he's it. He's constantly yeah. expanding the circle. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, we all need to talk to you. <laughs> Everyone needs a Dante, really. And what about you, Chris? What's your background look like? How did you How did you get to this point? I was doing my own operation, recording for a long while, and I decided to move out to Los Angeles. And when I moved out to LA, all of my people. Needed to find a new studio. I believe they met none other than Dante, yeah. the master networker himself. Well, mm-hmm. so hotel, shout out hotel. Um, my buddy that been skateboarding with for a long time and stuff, and uh, he's a really like talented graffiti artist. And he uh, went to school together, skating all the time. And he brought me down to the Huff House and uh, like 
like one of the old ones too, like no walls in there. Like <laughs> it was fucked like up. I remember walking down that street at like one AM and I was just like, shit, we're here, but like Walk I don't know if we should be type shit, you know? And it was like very not a good neighborhood and shit. And uh and yeah, man, like it just kinda I started seeing uh just all of them, like their whole circle of people and and just like um that was kind of, I guess, like, and I guess it's still the vision and always was just a collective of, like, artists in general, you know? Um, so, like, a lot of graffiti artists and a lot of different uh, people that play different types of stuff and just, like, I mean, even, like, our homies have, like, a, a band that just, like, has a live painter all the time just, like, painting on the stage and stuff. And it's, like, I feel like that's really cool to really put other people on that are passionate about their craft too. Yeah. Different so, kind of art. Other exactly. Artists. Yeah. That's real. That, that's becoming a common thing. What you're talking like, uh, there's a show called kill Tony. And I know that he has an artist on there and they paint a, they paint a picture that deciphers, uh, uh that what the show, each show has its own painting. Um, there's a, there's a few other shows that do that, but that's really cool. That, that exists. Yeah. That was kind of my background. We were a punk house. We had shows in the basement bands from around the country would, come in and you know you can find us on the diy pages but I'm, i went out to la and so all my people needed a place to record through dante ultimately they end up coming here when i came back here from los angeles um i wanted to get my own operation going again but now all my people are here and jake was trying to convince me hey man let's join forces at first i just didn't come work do with it. me man just at first at first me. i was kind of stubborn i was like i don't know man like i kind of want to you know which I, I understand he wanted his own thing i had my own thing if i, if I were in chris's shoes i probably would have done the same thing yeah you know so I, I had to think about it and whatnot but eventually we we did go out one time up to gino's and he laid it all out for me again he said we're all in the same trench let's help each other out of this Geno's where many contracts are, yes. are, are made. Yes. yes, wheeling and dealing in the back corner of Geno's, Centoano. And uh, I got in my car and I was like, I'm saying yes to that guy. And that was the best decision I've made for my career. We've accomplished a lot together. And I'm yeah, I mean, I mean, grateful. for sure with, with Jake, for sure, there's there's a there's a, a passion there and there's a, a a drive that you got for sure. I mean, I don't I think, appreciate that. Man. I don't even think people even need to know you well to know that that exists. Just to see the, the volume that you're down here and, and – uh, I mean, I know the story, but I don't think everyone does. I mean, you definitely have a massive passion for this, and uh, I love it. I love this shit, man. Yeah, you live it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, like, obviously, in 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 this interview, we're not going to get everything, but I guarantee you, you have like, uh, just in this whole thing alone, you kind of have a rock star story to tell to get you where you're at now. Yeah, the, the low thing, you know, not having a much, coming from zero, pushing through the whole bit. I mean, that's that's really it's like a rock star story that you have lived to get to this point and you got a long way to go. I'm sure you're not content with where you're at. Yeah. I'm sure you got bigger dreams and you want to go farther. And and it sounds like you, it looks like you got a good crew here. I mean, these guys the stories are good, you know, like the, you got a guy who's got drive, got a guy who's got drive, you got a guy who's got drive. That's mm -hmm. a really good recipe for success. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the the failure comes in a lot of these things is people just lose their drive or they get too fucked up. They get up. lazy. They get too fucked get too up. comfortable. Stupid. Yeah, they get too comfortable. And, you know, that's just, there's, those are the real separations. There's a level of luck that goes into succeeding. But drive is everything. Mm -hmm. Lack of it is death. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you guys have that in spades. And, you guys also have a, 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 a something that it seems like a lot of people are interested in. So you have a clientele, and it sounds like a pool to pull from. And word of mouth is the best. It's the best way to do it. I mean, you could have a networker, but there's nothing like the guy that just left your studio saying, 
go to that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that was the crazy thing, too. Like, when I met Chris, he was, like, the person that, like, I'd met since meeting Jake that was, like, that passionate about it and, like, really cared about, like, the finished product, you know? Because, like, how you were talking about, like, sometimes people don't naturally have it or whatever, but that's been, like, the the biggest blessing for me to see is, like, some of these dudes that started out, like, not really that good, and they've, like, groomed them and helped them develop into an artist. It's, like, really got a better vision now, you know? And that's, like, I feel like what it's all about ultimately. And, and that's just, like, I don't know, just super cool, like, to see them join forces the way they did and, like, just the way that, uh, I mean... I don't know if necessarily, like, I believe in miracles, but, like, I feel like it was kind of like that, you know? It was just like, wow, they were meant to meet and, like, do cool. this, you know? That's and what you like. That's what you like. Now what I want to talk about a little bit is uh, where you guys are right now. Like, you guys have done a lot of recordings, a lot of people. Anybody in anybody that has done – like, what's the – of all the people you recorded, who's kind of done the best? Who's, I think who's, uh, Chris can take this one. Probably an artist that I work with called Tropidelic. Um, we did a record with them last year called Of Illusion, and we're working on the second one right now. And those guys, they tour like 250 days out of the year. I think They're they had the, the number one reggae album in the world. It's reggae. Yeah. Yeah, reggae, hip-hop kind of crossover. Like, they've been doing it for a long time, and I've known those guys for years and years and years, too. But um, they finally, after releasing a lot of records, came over to me and said, hey, we kind of want to go a different direction. So I took a lot of what I've learned through hip-hop, working with artists and my own, you know, passion with it and whatnot, and sort of started to cross over their sound with some contemporary, like, hip-hop sounds, right? Like, trappy 808s, 808s and, 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 you yeah. know, hi-hats and stuff like that. Yeah, we hit um, number one on the iTunes charts for reggae. Really? One, yeah. So, we're working on the next one, and um, I've done some work with people from L.A. who have come over here from Miami. Um, we got an artist from Charleston coming up in January now. So... Yeah, I'd, I'd say Tropidelic probably top dog as far as actually putting out work and getting out there on the road and doing it. They they just got back from the road. They were doing a cruise. Um, they got some pretty cool shows coming up as well. No kidding. I sometimes work with Doughboy. Doughboy is signed to Future's label. He's a rapper. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Future. Future owns a label called Free Bands, and he signed Cleveland artist Doughboy. I don't know what year it was, probably about four or five years ago. Right after that, he had went to jail, and I worked on a couple projects for him from, like, stuff that he recorded at other studios. They all sent it to me, and I mixed it for a couple of his mixtapes. Then he got out of jail and uh, worked with him a couple of times since then. But he's uh, he's probably the biggest artist that I've worked with, but not as big as Tropidelic. Really? When you say, now, how does it work now with you guys? I mean, like, now that the industry is so not like it used to be as far as selling music goes and stuff like that. Basically, like you said, iTunes is... is that's that's pretty much how you, you sell songs now, right? I mean, streaming I, really. Streaming. I mean, it's it's all streaming, so, it, which pays pennies. That's what I mean. It's like it's literally like nothing, right? It's I mean, insane. it's so hard to make money selling you have, your you music. Have, you you got a to gig, tour. right? Don't you have to gig? Isn't that the tour. only way to do it? Certainly. Or you got to look for placements. I mean, if you're going to put it on Spotify and you want to see some kind of return on the investment, you are looking to get on a Spotify playlist, a big one. So you you got to hire someone to get in touch with curators who put these playlists together. BSR um, uh, recently did something like that, and we've been doing great. Yeah, they got a they got a song that you guys just passed fifteen thousand streams on it. That's mm-hmm. on a playlist, right? And we have uh, five thousand monthly listeners, which we've never had before. Wow, it works, it works. For so, sure. so there's this this breed of people who are using the internet with both their connections and their resources to 
get you on playlists and run your advertisements all over the world and they handle all your analytics and whatnot. There's a, a company called um, Blue Avenue Media and I've recommended a couple of clients their way. Um, shout out to Jenny Powers, who is the main agent there. We actually ran some ads through her too, which is a little bit different because we're not an artist, we're a studio. Right. But she does great work and so her job is to get, you know, your content in front of people eventually end up on playlists and stuff like that. And, but if, if you're just throwing it on Spotify, Apple Music, you can throw it on every platform and you're just hoping, okay, let's see how the numbers do. You're, you're not making money. You're just, you're just not going to. It's, it's a numbers game. Yeah. You got to hope to get viral. So, right. so it seems to me like with, with that being the situation, a, a company like your guys would need to then start to try to figure out a way to divert into more of the live thing and, and get involved in that. Two reasons, right? For one, your, your artists are useless without live. It's, it, it becomes that way, right? Honestly, it does. You know, they're not gonna. It's gonna. It's gonna fizz out. You can only do so much with recordings. You got to get out there. You have to play live. Agree, hundred percent. So you got to have places to do this. And are, are there many? Is there? Is there? Is there a real in Cleveland right now? Is there a real? Is there a lot of venues that you can go see live hip hop, local live hip hop? Is there a lot of them? Specifically, yeah. hip hop. Like, you know, like we could showcase more, more where, you, where, so. where it's showcase where you can where, where it's a it's yeah we're we're local the, the 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 bands that you guys are recording for instance. Well, we're doing a showcase today at the Winchester, but it's going to be our first one. But we're trying to like kind of keep that uh, for an opportunity for other people. Like like Chris said, there might not be like a huge scene for the hip hop and a lot of venues that are like specifically doing hip hop. I mean, a local artist, a local rapper can hit up the Agora and be like, "Hey, when's the next?" Chip the Ripper show or something. Uh, when's the next rap show that I'm an opener? I want to get on a show. I mean, it's there. You could do it. Um, but I guess like like today we're doing the the showcase for specifically for Signal Flow clients for our artists to get out and play live because we want to, like you say, like um, we want to um, tell like show them how important it is to actually just get out of the studio. You got to get out of the studio and play live. You got to do this if you really want to develop a fan base or. Well, yeah. Plus, today. plus, plus. If you can create a, a, a almost a festival type situation where you can showcase your own bands, it's another thing to sell to your to your clients. You know, like, and then we would also like to have some of your clients on our show sure. at times to get them out in exposure and that kind of thing as well. And uh, so, yeah, I can see why you would want to go there. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, it seems like live is getting involved in the whole live thing where you can bring bands to the live scene and create that for them and create things for them. It's something that you would want to get yourself involved in. I mean, it benefits in a lot of different ways. Not to mention, you just it just seems like if you can, when you do those showcase type things where, and it brings attention to it and you have multitudes of like five or six acts instead of just one single act, where you can get a lot of different people in there and get a lot more exposure. We need more of that. Mm -hmm. What I'm most looking forward to about having these artists do these showcases is um, right now the the specific hip-hop scene in the city, you're not going to find a show that isn't pay-to-play. Any venue that's doing mostly hip-hop stuff, it's, you know, you pay $20 as the artist to come in and then you get... Three Literally minutes. five to six minutes to five perform. Five minutes, yeah. Three songs tops. That's what's going on, though? So, That's when, I, so when I asked you guys if these places exist, you're saying that exists. Oh, yeah. yeah that yeah. exists. Now, there's also these venues like Winchester, Beachland, 
um, grog shop where you can go and you can, you know, you got to sell some tickets. You got to get some people through the door, but you'll leave with money because you're the performer. You're the entertainment. You know, you get paid. That's what I'm looking forward to is showing these people that work with us. Hey, you don't have to go this route of, oh, here's my $20. Can I play for five minutes? If you present yourself right and you, you know, know who to contact, right, you can get yourself put on a bill and you can bring your people through and you can get paid, you know? Yeah, and in, in the beginning, nobody should expect to make much money, and that's the whole key. Of course. No matter how great you think you are, always know where you stand in the whole realm of the whole picture. That Absolutely. Goes, that goes for cover bands. That goes for anybody. You know, don't come out of the gate thinking that you should be paid because it doesn't work that way, especially today. It's harder and harder to get paid yeah. than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um but the live thing, just like I said, one of the reasons like we, we, we decided to do a show like this to begin with was because, A, we were coming out of the pandemic, and we realized this was a good opportunity to try to raise the bar in Cleveland. And if, and, and if you just start in one show, and if it takes off, and we put a lot into it, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, we're actually getting some good, some good feedback with it and everything. But if you can just figure out a way to get the, the level up in Cleveland, no pun intended. There it is. But, <laughs> I, but, but if, you, if we can do that, Create a scene. Like, I like to say, I know I know these are totally different times, but I like to say, you know, the Seattle scene, when it happened in the 90s, happened because the people in Seattle created a scene. Right. That's what happened. It wasn't the whole United States just fucking gathered around in Seattle. They created a scene, and then that scene caught on, and Cleveland always gets shit on. So I'm, all, I'm like, you know... It, Nashville finally became, Nashville wasn't always a place to go to. Now they are all of a sudden a, a musical place. Austin, Texas now. It used to be L.A. You went to L.A. That's where you went. You went to California. People still go to L.A. Yeah, they still think they have to. Yeah, they think they have to, right. But you have, now you have other cities that have rose up. And these aren't the hugest cities in the world. Austin isn't exactly Houston. Yeah, Atlanta's conquering right now. People yeah. are going to Atlanta instead. Mm-hmm. So so why, why would it be crazy for it to be in Cleveland? So, so my whole thing is that's why I want guys like you. I want people to see that there's, you don't have to go places to do these kinds of things. If 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 we had a if we can create that here and we can, and and, and then I, there's a lot of there's a lot of talent here. There's a lot of it. Uh, one of Cleveland's problems is a lot of the local talent doesn't want to support each other. At least it was like that for a long time. I don't really see it like that anymore. It's kind of getting out of that phase. But for a while. Nobody wanted to help anyone. Yeah, the nobody. support for each other. Right. Yeah, it was too competitive. And, and you're not going to have a good local scene whenever nobody wants to play shows with each other or, like, you know, just let a hand out to help. So, I think that is changing. Yeah, it's changing now, yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're definitely seeing bands supporting each other, and, and I think you're seeing uh, the musicians are starting to realize, well, the pandemic just changed all kinds of stuff. Sitting around doing nothing for a while, and it, it just it changed the way people think. It got people out of their... their, their uh, you know, uh, you became more empathetic. I think mm-hmm. you know, like you know, and you in, instead of competing as much with each other and wanting to punch everyone in the head, it was like ah, maybe we can do this together. And you really can. So there's, that's another great way to network through other artists. I mean, you're, right. you know, like there's nothing better than that. I, I, just as like another artist telling you they go there to record. You know, I, I, just another artist pumping up another artist is is yeah. it's huge. For sure. You know. Um. All right, so what about uh, recently? Is there anybody uh, recently you guys have recorded where you think, man, these guys got some potential or anything where you guys are... are, are... We have some of the best local talent in Cleveland coming to our studio, without a doubt. You guys think you are the premier like recorder of what you guys are... are... It, it, it kind of just comes down to like some of the clients, like uh, 
like Chris was saying, that they're just they're just not out here playing live or anything like that. There's a lot of talented people that come through the studio, but they're just not doing anything with it. They're like, they're content with getting the recording done and showing their just, friends, and then yeah, they're like, uh, kind I'm of, a, yeah. It's as far as well, that, but that happens all the time, right? You know, the, the you you, I mean, you have to see this all the time where someone gets that first one done, their first song CD or whatever their collective work was when they walked into your studio. And then it seems like they blew their wad and they're they're happy and they got their accolades from their their, their bros and they just lose it. They don't yeah. have the they don't have the the that's it. They don't go in there and write another song. You it know? even makes me mad that local artists are putting out albums in this day and age. Instead of just putting out singles and, and right. just releasing I mean, music. You, you, until until you've got at least a hundred people who wanna listen to all ten plus songs. Why are you blowing your load on all 10-plus songs? You know, yeah. Music video in one song every three months until by the end of the year, some people are waiting for an album. And then you make an album and you put it out. It's, I try to tell this to people. And, you know, it, it, also from an artist's point of view, you, know, you got this, this masterpiece that you want to work on and you want to put your heart and soul into it and release it to the world. I get that. So I don't push too hard for that. You know what I mean? If you're really dead set on making If you've an album, already written the whole thing and you have, like I said, if the whole work is done... I get that, but you're right. The way the it's not. It's, it's I mean, just, even if the whole work is done, there's there's nothing stopping you from like just holding on to some music. People them. are just so thirsty to release it because. But like, I, I could see if like someone put like thought into the whole theme of the album and they want to do it as a collective because it's one oh, yeah. unit. It wouldn't make sense. It would it would make better sense to do it as a unit rather than piecing it out. But yeah, I mean, you, nobody wants to listen to you your album if you if you don't have anyone to listen to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Plus, and plus, it keeps you relevant, constant. Yeah, exactly. You're that's constantly the, relevant because a new something new is constantly right coming now. out. You want to you you become the next trending thing. You want to become the next viral thing. So just like stay con- – I think st- consistency has a lot to do with becoming viral. It's just yeah, and it's just a whole different thing with the, with the whole streaming thing now and the way the platforms are. You're right. Albums probably really aren't at all practical anymore. No, they've been on their way out. Yeah, yeah, for a while. Since CDs went, since CDs went out, really, there's no sense in really creating a whole master – work streaming when you can just pop out one song here one song there one song there spend a little more time with each song instead of trying to exactly. you know record everything on one right. album where you start crunching time and that's what my main guy toby's doing right now i work with an artist toby raps he's the reason i got into recording in the first place i went to cleveland state for a year i met him at this open mic and he was this big tall guy is that how you I'll met toby yeah, I never, yeah i never knew how you met toby yeah james and i went to cleveland state we went to an open mic you know try to make some friends in college and all that <laughs> we see this big guy he's He's tall, he's got on pajama pants and a blue blazer, and he's got this big, red, curly-haired afro. And he's, he's got a, an acoustic guitar, and he's, he's singing to all these people about AIDS from anal sex is what he's singing to all these people. <laughs> and, and no one is enjoying it. No one. Really? We would love that. I would like, love that like, kind he, of music. No, he's weirding everyone out. Like, they're, like, people are walking out of the room, and James and I are like, oh, we got to be friends with this guy. This is, this is who we want to hang out with. That's and interesting. And the rest was history. But, yeah, he's he's got a couple albums out. He's He spent some time in Los Angeles, too. We cut a record out there and did one when he came back earlier this year. And he's been working on writing for the past, like, two or three months. And I made, like, I don't know, 15 to 20 beats for this next one for him. I produce all of his stuff, too. And um, it, it was just, like, a couple weeks ago. He was like, you know what, Chris? I'm not I'm not making this album. I'm forcing it. I don't know like how they're supposed to flow into each other. We're going to do six or seven songs next year. That's all we're going to do. And everyone, we're going to take our time on it. And I was like, say less. Yeah, that's, right, right, that's right, a good right. plan. That's a good plan. <laughs> you got it. Excellent. So I, you said making beats. So what goes into that? Like what, how do you guys, like what's your, 
you know, everyone, every artist gets asked, well, how do you, what do you, how do you go about writing a song? So what goes into that? What's everyone your, has their own strategy. Do you it. have, do you guys have uh, blueprints for this? Is this something that you follow, like a template you guys follow? Or is it just like every song can be different? Like I get an idea, I have a beat, I'm sitting on this shitter one day, and this beat pops in my fucking head, I can't get out of it. I think I, it's 50 And I gotta, and I gotta go fucking it, yeah. get the beat down because I'll forget it. That's usually it. how it works for me. I'll have like, I'll be brainstorming something throughout the day. I'll finally get to the studio and maybe lay it down. If I, if I actually decide to make the beat lately, I haven't really been making a lot of beats. But... That's kind of that's kind of where I start, like maybe like a piano riff. See, it seems like that would be like a bread and butter thing, though. Like making the beat, have because you got to you you get to sell that then, right? Like so, yeah. yeah. So like it seems like that's where it would be at, like and and, and the simplicity that's, of that's what I'm trying. To all do. of a sudden, the recording you for you guys so also is so simple. I mean, you just walk in, you know, you're like, oh, this one, you like this one, yeah, okay, go ahead, rap over this or whatever you got to do, and then and then. It's done. Yeah, a lot of people don't want to buy the beats. At least a lot of my clients, they they, they come in with YouTube beats, which is totally fine um, because you never know what you're going to make. A, a lot of people are scared to commit to committing to buying the beat and, and, and not it, it turning into anything. They, they want to get the YouTube beat and then see if it turns into a hit. If it turns into a hit, then you look up that producer, you buy the beat, then, you know what I mean? You yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. want to get the beat for free and trial and error it. That's really the gatekeeper for an artist in this in this current game, whether it's hip hop or R and B, where the instrumentals are all available on a huge marketplace. Free. That's the gatekeeper. Yeah, is you level up and you're now taking yourself more seriously as an artist when you decide, okay, I'm going to invest this thirty dollars in this MP3, and then you take it and it. That's definitely is that what you guys charge for for that? I mean, is that for what an MP3? Yeah, there's different ways to do it, especially there's a website called BeatStars, and I'm on there, and all this stuff is for sale. You can get a lease for an MP3. So I can so I, so, so so let me get this straight. So I can come into your guys' studio. I have I I I'm 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 poetically inclined. Let's just say certainly. And I so I, I and I want and I want to get out my poetry and I want to do it in rap form because that's that's going to get the most attention. That's my idea. So I come to you guys. I got I get the beat for thirty fucking dollars. I have I mean for thirty dollars. Okay, let's just say fifty. Let's just say there's different forms. Let's just say fifty. Right, fifty dollars. I mean, I mean, does anyone realize that that's like ninety percent of this entire battle is is what you guys have already completed for them, and for uh, uh, for fifty dollars? But that's the lease, though. You buy it. You buy this MP3 or this wave from me. I'm going to give you the MP3 for thirty dollars. Right. I can sell that to whoever the hell else I want. Multiple. That's people not can yours. Own that. oh. You got to give me three hundred bucks if you want to be the only guy to if use. Hundred. Now you exclusively yeah. own it. You don't lease it. You're exclusively owning it. Nobody else has. So, so, so what you're doing is, is you're just saying, all right, you can use this beat. Try it, but you you better hurry up because. This kind dude's of. also trying that beat. Yeah. So if he beats you to it, so you can pit two dudes against each other. Like and on that. these kind on of. these yeah. online <laughs> Yes, you throw them to the wolves. Yes. <laughs> and on these online marketplaces too, like like um they'll 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 have contracts built into some of these leases too. So you go on there, let's say you got an MP3 for fifteen dollars. In the fine print, it says once you make uh, once you have 150,000 streams on this production that I made, let's call it you you owe you me to the take money. that down. Like Oh yeah, I some see. of them get pretty pretty drastic. You. Yeah, so Beat Stars and Airbits are the ones where the, these marketplaces really taken off with all that you cool. know legislation and it contract. Gets pretty, it gets pretty deep. It cool. does for sure. The guys mentioned that you play guitar and you've been in bands and that yeah. kind of thing and stuff, mm -hmm. and that you're currently in a band. Dante mentioned Bittersweet Revenge. Bittersweet Revenge. Um, we do plan on having Bittersweet on here in a couple of weeks, so we'll really get in. I can't in, wait for that. Yeah, we'll get in depth with them. Um, 
Bittersweet was opening up for Mushroom Head there for a while. The big always. Mm-hmm. And um, Mushroom Head did a lot for us. Yeah, you guys, you guys have definitely made your ranks and, and moved up the ladders in, in the Cleveland scene. And uh, but I definitely want to get. It. But that is the band that you're in, in case anybody's wondering. Yes. Because we were talking about that and everything. And uh, where are you guys at with that right now? Is, it, is are you guys? Is there anything the, like right now? Uh, gigs or anything planned with? Um, we're playing a gig at Avenue Tap House in Lakewood, December eighteenth. Um, and we're working out some. Uh, shows in Canton for February. We just don't really have anything set in stone for that yet. That's cool. And we'll release those, and we'll maybe maybe we'll even plan the bittersweet show. I mean, uh, the show here around the eighteenth, Febru- the February gigs. Okay, well, yeah. like the February gigs, probably mm-hmm. even yeah, too. Sure. We could do that. Sure. Okay, so uh, as you guys are doing this, you guys got a lot of people in there. I'm sure you got a lot of characters that come in and out of the studio. A lot of things that have happened. Uh, Anything in particular you guys can talk about uh, character-wise where you find somebody that's just uh, hilarious or you guys, like a repeat guy that comes in or maybe there's something that you just, guys are hilarious. Stories, anything anything funny? Uh, probably the funniest character in our studio is Toby Raps. Toby Raps is... Uh, that's his name? Toby Raps, yeah. I love it. You'll never meet anyone else in the entire world like Toby Raps. Um, present him real quick with that. For example, one time I was uh, I was at Nelson Ledges with him and I think he just got on the show, like, last minute. Tropodolic was playing Sunny Days. It was back in April, I think. Um, Toby just got on the show, like, last minute. He was out there. I was out there kind of just chilling for the weekend for, like, a vacation kind of thing. And he uh, he was like, hey, Jake, I'm, I'm playing the show. Uh, I'm going to be on main stage. I need someone up there to play my music. Can you DJ for me? And I was like, fuck, yeah, I'll go on stage. I rolled up a couple joints and went up there and smoked joints on Nelson Ledge's main stage for him. And it was, it was really fun. Cool. Uh, Toby wore a dress. <laughs> and and nothing else under yeah. that dress. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he 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 did he he did some funny things. He was mooning the crowd. So he, he had nothing on zero. So he just lifted up the dress and literally it was all bare ass. He did the worm and exposed everything. <laughs> exposed his worm, I suppose. Well, that would that could be that could hurt. Yeah. No worm with <laughs> just the dress. I didn't ask him not. if it hurt. I'm sure it did though. <laughs> well, Nelson's lodges you wouldn't know till the next day. I've been there if you remember, many yeah. times, many times, good times. Yeah, good yeah times. he's about to watch this. Like I did what? Yeah, he knows. <laughs> I just, I just remembered. There was this guy this one time. It was a long time ago, and like he was in the booth, and he was like doing a really good job. And then he kind of like started to fall off a little bit. He's like, "Oh right, no, I want to do it all again." Okay, we do it all again. He starts getting a little frustrated. And then like I'm like giving him pointers, and I'm hitting the talk back mic, and I'm like, "Yeah, man, you got it. You know, just let it roll off the shoulders. Like, don't overthink it. Your first take was golden. Stay on that track. We're good to go." And he's like, "Man, man," like takes off his headphones. He's like, "I can't fucking believe this guy. I can't fucking believe this guy." You know, and he's like talking under his breath like this, but it sounds exactly like what you're hearing right now. His microphone is yeah, on. Yeah, you can I, hear. I can, I can hear everything this guy's saying. And his friend goes in there, and he's like, "Hey, man, like, it's all good, man. Like." Just listen to Chris. He's giving you pointers. Like, you know, he wants this to be good too, man. Like, you can trust this guy. And he's like, man, he's fucking playing me in there. Like, he's playing. <laughs> he's, he's, he thinks I'm a cornball, man. He doesn't know about this. He doesn't know shit about this. And he's like going off. And I'm like, I got to go say something. I'm, I'm like, hey, listen, man. I can hear all this stuff you're saying. I'm like, that is not the case. And he just like looked at me. Like he, he wanted yeah. a piece. You know, he's looking at me like he wanted to fight me. You know what I mean? I'm like, all right, you, you guys go ahead and hash this out. And uh, I'll be over here. 
when you want to make some music. Yeah, you let, let me know, know when you want to make some he gets music. He's so mad at me. He's like, man, he doesn't give a shit about it. <laughs> well, you got you got to get that sometimes more than once. That's the only time you ever get. That's the only time anyone was like aggressive. Everything mean. was everything was cool. Like we like he left mad at me, but then he hit me up later. He's like, hey, like I understand now. Well, like, I can you know, know I mean I mean no offense to this, but I can see like you two especially not so much Jake, but you two especially. You guys walk up on somebody and say, yeah, I'm the guy. You guys don't look very old at all. You guys, are, especially Dante. I mean, I mean, especially you. You don't. You don't look old. So, so, <laughs> so. I mean, I mean, I mean, and I guarantee you, that's going to be. You're going to get hit with the stereotype right away. Oh, yeah. Right away. It's going to be like, how the fuck does this guy know more than I do? Right. And I'm very animated too, so it makes it seem sometimes like I'm goofing off. Yeah. But I mean, give me like two hours, and it's like, okay, no, like I. I know what I'm doing exactly, here. but how, you know, do you, how do you? How do you? I, I, I never really thought of it that way, but yeah, Chris is really animated, but he takes his shit really seriously. But if, if you're like in a session with him, like he's really fun with it. So like you would think he's like, oh, this guy's just like having fun with my session. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, just, right. You, just wait. Just wait. For you the have end. To, you just happen to meet that real serious dude, and then you're at your way might not. That that's the guy that was in there going, man, this fucking guy's playing. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I see that too. But how do you guys counter that? Like, what do you, what do you do to counter something like guy comes up like Dante like. As a manager, first of all, what is what is your job like? What so so when they say manager, you're managing the business as far as you're networking things, you're trying to expand on things, and and trying to build a build, build this thing. Basically. Yeah, I'm just like I mean a lot of setting goals and stuff, and like operations of just like things that we need. Day do you go out and deal and, with the public though at all? Do you deal with the people one on one? Are you going out there and meeting people? Uh, I mean, yeah, I definitely try to do a lot of networking with different people. I I really like keep up on looking at like what other studios are doing in the area and stuff. And I mean, like there's a lot of crossover between like if someone's recording at a different studio around like, and they know some like, and their buddies recording here or something like there's just like so many people that that's the case. So it's um, like how you were saying that word of mouth, you know, all these uh, artists that we're working with and stuff are like networking with each other and, um, it's crazy. So what about like other, like, like, um, we have our own studio that we record, but, but as far as like you guys go, do, are there other recording studios that you guys are aware of that you guys, uh, find to be either compete, you know, your competitor, not that you want to mention them. I'm not yeah, saying we have that. rival studios. Do you guys, are you guys aware of them? Do you guys, are you guys have painted, do you guys pay attention to each other? And they know about us. Exactly. Exactly. Definitely. It's love though. I yeah. mean, they're putting yeah, out great work too, you right, know, like, right. so that's like, it's friendly competition. Is there a lot of it though here? I mean, is there, is there, are there, are there a lot? You would think actually. Are there really mm -hmm. dozens of studios? Oh no, kidding! Yeah. Doing well, all of them. Would yeah, you say pretty much? Them, I mean, I mean, there's like businesses comparable to ours. There's probably at least a dozen. No kidding. Yeah, mm. a lot of rappers, man. A lot of hip hop. Yeah, hip -hop. there's a lot. There is a lot. Yeah, in Cleveland. Is you think that would you, would you guys say that that's like number one genre of Cleveland? Would you say hip hop? Would you say? I mean, I don't. Probably. I would think so, right? I mean, I would have to say it's 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 become that, right? Or was it always? I, I mean, yeah, there's like scenes and pockets, obviously. You know, there's a lot of like... I know the metal scene was doing really good back in like 2007, 2005. With Peabody's. With Peabody's being yeah. opened. Whenever Peabody shut down, it did a lot for the metal scene and the rock scene. But right now, I think what's prominent is the hip-hop scene, the rap scene in Cleveland. I think that's more popular than all the other scenes. I, I, like, I, I, I would probably have to agree as far as popularity goes, you might be, you, you're probably right. And this is the Cleveland that's supposed to be the rock and roll town. Right. There's, there's the rock scene though. It does. I know yeah, it exists. Yeah. I know yeah, it exists, it's but there. It, it was, it was better at one time and yeah, we got to sure. get it back. We got to yeah. get all these scenes back. I mean, I, I, I really think it's possible. I really yeah. think it is. I man. think that like the, the venues that, that we mentioned earlier, like, you know, your Beachland, 
your grog shop. Your I know now that's class had a video. Now that's class. Yeah. Them too. Like I think that you see a lot of like rock and roll and punk in, in the venues. You know what I mean? I feel like, the, again, the rap, the rap scene live, the hip-hop is these pay-to-play schemes where you get three minutes to perform and whatnot. There's not... That's crazy. People need to understand, no matter what the genre is, that you can go to these venues and you can get a rider and whatnot and you can do a good job and make connections, sell some tickets, and everyone can be included, but it's like... They're with hip hop, it's only on it. Yeah, with hip-hop, it's only like, you know, captivate downtown, that place. You're going to come in, you're going to pay 20 bucks, you're going to, you know, see just, someone perform. You should never have to pay to play. That's why I'm excited for this that show. Is, that's, that's another thing that's crazy. That's stupid. Blows my mind. Yeah. It really is. It's just, it's, it's just ignorant. and Not on the artist part. It's ignorant that people are making people pay to play. Exactly. When, when you're also drawing a crowd based on this, the, the fact that you have these people in your place to begin with. That's that's what you're basically you're you're drawing people in because of that, and then you're making them pay on top of it. And it's and what is it like fifty dollars, thirty dollars? It it varies. It's probably an insignificant amount. You're not going to go home and you're not going to break the bank because you're making. But to them, it's a lot of money. To the guys you're charging, it's a lot of money, and and that's crazy too. And like I said, you just need more venues. We need you need more places. You need to bring this scene up a little bit. You need to make it so that more people are going out and seeing this stuff. The, the scene is the scene is down. Need to bring it back up a little bit. All right, guys. It's been an awesome time. I appreciate you guys coming in and, and hanging out with us. I appreciate you, Brian. It's oh, been yeah. awesome. Yeah. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, man. Um, Signal Flow, I will put everything down in the description. We'll have a bunch of links down there. Getting in touch with you guys and stuff like that as far as how to get in touch with you guys. They want to record with you guys or whatever. We'll have all that in the description below. All right, guys. This is Level Up Cleveland, and we are out. Thanks so much.